Welcome to the Feel Better Make It podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you've never asked and have fun while doing it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Feel Better Naked podcast. I am Dr. Jennifer here with Dr. Letitia, and we're here with another episode during Women's History Month And today we're going to talk about self-care is not selfish. Dr. Letitia, what's going on? Hey, girl. It's all good. I'm glad we're in to March, Women's History Month, celebrating women as we do all the time, but maybe at least a little bit more during during this month. So now kind of recent happening just in the last few weeks. Now I have a teenager, uh, youngest son turned 13 a couple of weeks ago. So we had the smelly preteen and teen boys at the house for an overnight, uh, where actually it was pizza party overnight and then skating party the next day. So by that Saturday afternoon, I was ready for the the boys to be gone. They had a good time, (laughs) but I was like, and we're done here. So that's kind of recent, recent happenings um, going on in my world. What about you? We are uh, doing well. I got to travel out to California and uh, see my sister and a business meeting as well and left the kids for the first time in a long time. Let's just say that, long time. Um, but nice to see my sister, nice to get some time to reflect on on what's really important in life. And, um, and it, was, it was good. We're spring in Georgia, so it gets nice. Nice and warm. I love spring in the south because we don't have the bipolar weather like Indiana. So that's what's going on here. So um, today, and yeah, teenager for you. Mm, I'm right behind you. So thank you for paving the path for me because I'll be asking you questions. (laughs) Um, But today we're going to talk about something very dear to my heart, something I learned and have learned the hard way about what self-care means. Self-care is not selfish. I think a lot of women, this goes back to one of our previous episodes, on um, being selfless was such a great attribute of a mom and wife. Um, but when we start pouring from an empty cup, it doesn't, uh, you don't pour anything. So I've gone through my own transformation on what does self-care mean for me? And uh, I thank you, Dr. Letitia, for always telling me to chill out and do something for myself. So you're going to be kind of leading us on this topic today. I'll be asking questions all along. So tell me what self-care means. Yeah, I think the, the, to me, like you said, self-care isn't selfish. So Basically, self-care, a lot of people think of self-care as like, oh, I'm going to get my, you know, hair done. I'm going to get nails done, you know, things like that. That's kind of like outward things. But to me, self-care is definitely could be just, okay, before I go into the house, I need to sit in this car. Before I step into, uh, step from one role to the next, uh, you know, working in, in business, being an entrepreneur, whatever it is, before you go into mom life or a wife or whatever the next role and life, it's like, okay, I need a few minutes to reset in this car. 
or I'm gonna go to the movies by myself and I get to eat all the popcorn myself and not share it. <laughs> that could be self-care for sure right there. But it's really also just kind of taking a breath, taking a time to reset. So it doesn't have to be anything outwardly or going to purchase anything or something to beautify yourself on the, on the outside. Yes, those can be included, but I think it is really kind of taking that time for yourself and not feeling guilty. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's great that you bring that up because as women, I think we constantly, and, and if you're a mother, we always have this standard we're trying to live up to or some high expectation of what self-care is actually supposed to mean. And it's almost like, okay, well, here's self-care and here's another thing I'm not nailing as a mom because there's like you were just bringing up, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't have a definition. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to the spa every week and getting a massage every week and all of these things. It's, it can just depend on what you need. And I'm hearing from you, it's time. And that having, I, uh, my therapist had told me once buffer time, that buffer time to just, but it's, it, it takes a lot to build that in because women, what we do is we go from one thing to the next to the next. So tell me a bit about um, the things that you've been researching and, and maybe your journey on this. Yeah, I think because probably into like after graduate school, like after you get in the mid to late 20s, a role uh, for me was like, go, go, go. You know, you're like, oh, I'm used to being busy. I'm used to doing this. Then motherhood got thrown into the mix and then it didn't stop. It was just like, all right, I got to do this to be a mom. I got to continue to be work. I got to do that. Then I transition into, okay, now I want to try to work on starting my own business in 2017. Then it's, okay, now the next step is we're going to add more and more stuff. Working for this place, working for that place, trying to build up and do things for business and then you didn't realize that you were running on fumes. Your body started to tell you that it was like, okay, we're getting close to breakdown status. You know, the way you bounce back, the way you recover. And I was not, definitely not giving myself enough time when it comes to self-care. Mm -hmm. There was no way around it. I was not slowing down. You know, every weekend I was doing, I was doing something. I was working on something, rushing from here or there. Then I realized that, guess what? I'm getting closer to 40. I really need to make this shift and change. And then my body starts telling me how to start having some issues with my thyroid, with weight gain, energy levels. And that was my body's alert saying, ah, something's mm -hmm. going on. Slow your little butt down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now it looks like me having more time where I'm doing some yoga and stretching, being deliberate with, with those times throughout the, the week. You know, making modification when I'm exercising, making sure that I'm trying to get enough sleep, even though that's still a deficit. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, as you're talking, I'm thinking that there's a great book by Emily Nagowski. It's called, um, it's about stress, burnout. It's called, and um, I think a lot of women innately are nurturers. I think we're human givers. And we, it, it's just our nature and it's who we watch and learn this from. It's our friends, it's TV. And it's, it's just having three daughters myself. How can I teach them that they deserve to do nothing and be a human being? 
Um, and it, it, I'm not trying to create the, this is, you know, really for women, this, this podcast and for any males out there listening, it's nice for you to also hear this because women are constantly putting people in front of them because it's just their nature and we're all different as women. So, but in this book, um, Dr. Nagowski talks about, um, human giver syndrome and that, um, a masculine trait typically in men is human beings. We are human beings, not human doers. <laughs> and it's important to just be, whether that's getting a massage or like myself sitting in the um, parking lot of the grocery store, which by the way, everyone, I am giving myself more time to just be. And so I don't do that anymore in the grocery store parking lot because I have found other places to do it. Um, but it's almost like something we're just not taught from women around us. Like it's okay to, to do nothing and just sit still. Cause that in itself could be self-care. Oh, for sure. You know, like you said, just sitting and doing nothing. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> we all need that, 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 that reset and being able to know that you're not, um, you know, disappointing anyone. If you are saying, I need time by myself, you don't have to feel guilty uh, about it. Or if you want to be able to go a trip and go see your good friend down in Georgia, then you go and do it. You got it. <laughs> so like I said, when I go, go come in and visit you, hey, I'm going to stay at the Airbnb by myself. I don't have to be wife, mother responding to this and that. I can be on my own schedule that reset and refresh time that actually allows you to become a better wife, mother, aunt, partner, all of all of the above when you actually take that time to do that. You kind of get refreshed, you get reinvigorated, and now you're able to go on with the rest of the responsibilities, you know, that, that you need to. But it has to be an integral part of um, of your lifestyle. And it's not like, oh, it's a chore. Or something, it should just become automatic, just like you eating, sleeping, or if working out is your thing, guess what? You have to have an off day. You have to have a recovery day. I think we get pulled into the Instagram saying, no days off, never miss a Monday. You know, you get pulled into those things. Oh no, I got to do it. Or I got to do this run streak. You know, I've been running for, you know, 365 days. I can't get off a day because that's going to mess up my run streak. Some of that, sometimes some of that thinking can be a detriment to us. We may not be recovering well. We may be having deficits in our energy, our sleep, um, losing weight, all those things that can pile on top of each other when we aren't um, allowing that self-care time. Yeah, I think um, going back to, I think we're just shown when we're not giving the self-care <laughs> Because we have all of these things that start happening. Um, and again, you were talking about the expectation of of what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and we just need, and our body's going to tell us just like it, it will. It'll start telling us. And so whether you're 20 or 50 or wherever you're at, um, we're giving you permission to just take care of yourself. And let's go on to that second part of like self-care isn't selfish. I think selfish can have a, in my brain at least, a really negative connotation. So I don't know if you've got a definition of that or what your thoughts are on selfish. Yeah, I think is 
Uh, well, you know, really with that, it could be, guess what? It is selfish. You have to be selfish sometimes. You have to be selfish mm -hmm. for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have to say, I have to take care of self right now. And like you said, sometimes the word selfish has that negative connotation to it. Like, well, you're just selfish. And you're, and then some things like, I'm perfectly fine saying, I'll, I'll go ahead and be selfish then. <laughs> because yeah. I need this time to reset. You have to be about yourself. If you don't have your own self, your own temple together, it's going to be leading to a downfall. And you may not see it now. Because as women, we tend to shake off those things and those alerts our body are giving us. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, it's just because I was stressed today. Oh, I didn't sleep well. Oh, okay, I stayed up late. We always kind of come up with an excuse for why our body's feeling those things. Or like, oh, I kind of have a sore neck or my back is this. A lot of times those are the, our body's alert system saying, hey girl, something's going on. You need to pay attention, but we shake it off as something else. And don't realize that we're leading toward destruction, like we talked about in in last month about heart heart disease being the number one killer of women. Those heart disease symptoms are sometimes we shake off, <laughs> mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, so and so had a heart attack. What happened? She was healthy, or so and so had a stroke. She was healthy. Well, there mm -hmm. were alert signs that were popping up that we were ignoring that were telling our our bodies were telling us that we're not healthy. And that's mm -hmm. going to go into the stressors that we put on ourselves. And if we don't have time mm -hmm. to relieve, relieve some stress, reset, and have that self-care time, we'll be headed towards um, that, that destruction. We'll be wondering why weight isn't dropping off. I'm exercising seven days a week. I'm going to hit class. I'm going to this. I'm cardioing myself to death. I'm on this super-duper low-carb diet. Why isn't anything budging? You may be starving yourself. You may be overstressing your body, which is a very something that can become more apparent as we're progressing into 40s, 50s, and beyond. Some of the things you did in your 20s that you were able to make a shift and a change, and then, oh yeah, I saw results, and you try those same things now, not the same. Yeah, yeah. I think your body, like you said, is just going to tell you when you're, you, it's going to, you're going to either get sick or have really strong PMS symptoms, and you're just going to have to sleep. But you're really talking about the catch-up game. I think, you know, people listening to this, as far as some advice you give to, um, I mean, weight loss is something we're talking about, but it could be anything from energy levels to constantly feeling like you're running from a tiger, or I'd like to talk about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, which is your sympathetic nervous system is a part of your autonomic nervous system that increases your heart rate, increases your respiratory rate, or your breathing, increases your blood pressure. It's like you're running from a tiger, which most of us live in that state. Running, running, running. If you stop at the end of the day, I'm like, man, that day was crazy. We might want to start thinking about, and even if you're not feeling bad enough, whatever that means, like Dr. Letitia, you're going to get signals. Um, we're all going to get signals that we make excuses for, like, yeah, we did too much that day. But it's it's knowing that you're worth it. You are enough. You're worth it to stop. And you don't have to do all those things. And that it, um, I also love Brene Brown's quote, um, nothing is sustainable without boundaries. And if we don't start putting up boundaries and honoring ourselves, it's just not going to last. And your body will shut down. So 
Um, self-care now though in social media, cause you got a lot of Instagram people and TikTok people posting what self-care is. So, um, tell me, you know, we're also in women's history month. So I've got two things. What are some tips on starting that self-care routine? And then relating this to women's history month, um, is there anything that you've come across and, and pioneers for, for women and self-care? Yeah, I think the, the main starting point is that you have to build it into your schedule, regardless of, of you know, if you always wake up in the morning and, and work out or you always up in the morning and you have like coffee, prayer, meditation, whatever, and those are your norm, your norm also has to be built in that you have that self-care time, whatever your reset. And that could be part of your self-care time at the beginning of the day, even if you drink a cup of coffee by yourself. Clear your thought. You're not working on anything else. <laughs> you're not preparing anything. You have your 30 minutes where you're in nothing. And that is kind of the start of your day. But it has to be something that you recognize that you do have to build it into your schedule. Uh, and you have to be able to figure out what's going to fit for you. Because what's my self-care is not going to be yours. It could be if your thing is out, I love every two weeks to get my hair done. I like to have my get a pedicure, manicure, and then that's my time when I'm away for that hour or hour or two um, to get away from it. Then, yes, that's good. But the other part is, is going to be in that emotional and that spiritual health too, being able to have, you know, meditation time, prayer time, set aside where you're trying to, um, your mind doesn't have to be empty, but you're actually doing a research. So you don't always have to be doing something doing something because that you're still doing something when you're going somewhere to get a massage or you're going to this place so if you set up your own schedule my schedule for my self-care I'm going to do one thing a week to set aside time for myself and actually be a little selfish so <laughs> I think those are going to be important for that and then I was kind of looking at trying to find like some women in history that have some things when it comes to self-care kind of as we uh, see some of the things now is I saw that it, immediate thing kind of popped in mind was Madam C.J. Walker, which was the first female self-made millionaire. And she was pioneer for hair, self-care. Very strong in African-American community is getting your hair done, having hairstyle. We express a lot of our, our personality and things in our hair. So she actually started hair care products where she's having some struggles with hair loss and seeing ladies that have issues with their scalp. So over the years, she started developing some hair care products designed for African-American hair. There was no products like that. Now, now to this day, there's a lot more products on the market when it comes to hair care and as far as beauty industry in general. But then she took that and then also started providing jobs for other ladies. Like she built her database and her team to go out and have these ambassadors that were selling her hair care products. So that was something that helped, that was stressful for people. If hair is part of your identity and your hair is patchy, your hair is falling out, you're having all these scalp disease and issues, it's going to affect the way you feel and your confidence level. So she was a big confidence booster to be able to say there's hair care products specifically made for black women that weren't readily available and she provided jobs and then was able to uplift the community for being able to have um uh giving jobs so she was definitely a trailblazer uh, in that aspect that's awesome yeah i like how you talk about the um 
self-made millionaire. That's pretty hard as a woman to do, let alone an African-American woman to do, but also the hair expressive, you know, expressing yourself through your hair. And, um, and that could be, I think another point that came up for me though, that you were talking about, if you've already built in on a regular basis, something like exercise or prayer, um, you're still asking people to really look hard at their schedule. Is there still time you can build in, even if it's five or 10 minutes? I really like the fact of, and I'm thinking about my schedule today that I I do well with my personality to not schedule my day hour by hour. I cannot do it. (laughs) Some people do really well with that. But I'm thinking I've got a little buffer time between before my kids come home and what could that look like? Can I allow myself to sit quietly in my home um, before they come home versus saying, oh, I could go do these three things in this hour and now I'm late to the bus. And then I'm crazy. The kids feed off of that, and then we're just all crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then yeah. it's just well, like we're all irritable. <laughs> like, up. so it's 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 again like it, it part part of American culture too. I think no matter what background you have, we hustle, um, and we see how much can we cram in an hour and ten minutes. Um, and so slowing down is certainly important. Um, so I like that you said building in the time there. What um, what are your thoughts on you know social media? Is this self care movement that you're seeing? Yeah, is I it good? That, is know, it? Yeah, I think all overall, you know, obviously social media has a role, but sometimes those those what we see is the perfect images and people get the get that thing it's like oh well they're doing everything perfectly they have dinner prepared and they're meal prepping their meals i see their meals set up for the next five days and everything's worked out and they're work getting up at six you know 5 a.m getting my workout in at my perfect breakfast and then my meal prep and then the kids are all perfect and all and then you get those misconceptions when you see the day in the life type of those it's like is that a real, that's a realistic day for them? Maybe so. But if you continue to see those things, then you'll be thinking, well, something's wrong with me. My day isn't going like that. I don't have anything meal prepped. And you start doing that comparison game. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about episodes before, comparison is the thief of joy. So when you are comparing and comparing yourself in there, then you start bringing yourself even down. You can slide yourself into that negative attitude and that negative like I can't measure up or I'm doing something wrong so yeah seeing positive images you know obviously we're because we're going on social media education entertainment a step away from things from from reality on on some things to be able to have fun and laugh but don't get to compare us comparing yourself to or to the sort of higher standard where you see an Instagram model or Instagram influencer that has six pack abs and she's vegan and then she's got the perfect kids and she's hand making her food and, you know, you know, baby, make her own baby food. You know, the kids are also doing this and then she's able to exercise and, exercise and then everything's perfect. That comparison is what can really set you back. Yeah. Uh, ways too. You mentioned laughing too and, um, I'll go back to Emily Nagowski's book, Burnout, and she talks about that there's a stress cycle in that 
we can have a stress or remove, let's say it was a big exam you're going to take and you've taken the exam, but you can still be stuck in that stress cycle. And the best ways to break that stress cycle are going to be movement, laughter, uh, social interaction, and then affection. Uh, those are four strategies. Affection, cuddling with a pet, holding your partner's hand, going out to dinner, um, laughing with a friend. I mean, self-care can look like so many, like I used to walk with a friend Sunday mornings and we would just talk and walk for an hour. She moved away, sadly. If she's listening to this, I do miss you. But but it's like, there's just so many, I think the biggest thing, takeaway for me is there's so many ways, but also to, to build in self-care, but also that self-care is a way to manage your stress. And so if you're burnt out with stress, like, yeah, your body's, she's she's working hard for you. But at some point, she's not, She's not going to be able to do it if you're not taking care of her. Yeah. Tank, your tank is running on empty. You know, you continue to push it and push it and like, oh, I can put a little, ga- little gas in there, you know, a few dollars here, a few dollars there. And then it's like, we're, we're still running down. But you might have put a little bit of gas in there, but you don't have no oil in the car. Yeah. So when you don't have no oil, the engine seizes up. And then the engine blows up. (laughs) So if you're not putting oil, your oil could be your self-care time because you could be feeding it with, okay, I'm doing some things to eat better. You get a little, you get a more gas in the tank. Okay, I might have made a few modifications with here. I started moving some more. But if that oil part is that stress, that chronic stress that's building up in the background, at some point those things are going to collide. You could be having Mm -hmm. a full tank of gas but you ain't got no oil, you're still not doing. <laughs> Your car is still not going anywhere. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. So think about that aspect. And everybody always says about time. Oh, I don't have enough time. Yeah. Or budgets are tight or this. Self-care doesn't have to cost any money. Mm-mm. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in the day. It's what you do yeah. with it and what you prioritize with it. And that's yeah. been the main shift in me is like, I have to prioritize it. I have the same amount of time as everybody else. Yep. Yeah. And you can't, you can't get time back. Yes. Correct. It's it. And it's, um, it's, yeah, I like that a lot that we all have the same amount of time and that we're trying to hopefully give you different ideas and, and strategies. And I think for me, it looks different month to month. Sometimes I go to acupuncture. Sometimes I get on call with Dr. Letitia. Um, and then sometimes I get caught up in like, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed again. What am I doing? And so, um, so yeah, thank you so much for this talk. I think this is invaluable and something we can continue to build on. And a couple books we mentioned, um, that we'll drop in the show notes. I think burnout, um, the stress cycles, a really great one to look at. And, and it validates how a lot of women can feel is just giving to everyone and not to yourself. This is something taught generations upon generations in front of us and to push through, push through pain, push through it all until we fail. You don't have to. For sure. All right. So Dr. Letitia is now a health coach and she's got her stuff going. And I think what I've really learned a lot from Dr. Letitia is, um, you know, a health coach is someone that can really, it's mindset. I know you're all listening like, Oh, I want to do self care. But for me, at least it's been years of me trying to recover from my twins. And for me, it's truly a mindset. And I know Dr. Letitia works with clients on this. So make sure to follow her at 
Dr. Letitia PT on Instagram. And I know you've got um, a website up and rolling soon. So if you want to share just a little bit about your coaching. Yeah, exactly. I think um, a lot of ladies, when you think about or see the term health coaching, you don't know exactly what that means. And you might be like, okay, you know, I'm exercising, I'm eating this way and I'm doing that. And then if you're still stuck or you haven't even, it's hard to make a bunch of change at the same time, that coach is that guide. Let's prioritize some things that we can change or shift now, but let's do it step by step. And it goes way more into calories in and calories out. So get that out of your mind if weight loss is, is one, of your, <laughs> one of your goals for that. So with ladies that are stuck, that have been trying all the things, oh, I've done this diet, I've done that one, I've been exercising, I've tried HIIT, i tried cardio, and we haven't really dug into the other factors about what our eating choices are, where we are in our life cycle, because there's no one size fits all. So being able to decrease that confusion and that frustration of, of trying to lean on all these different resources and trying to piece it together yourself and still struggling, that's where a coach can, can come in and, and provide yeah. that guide and be able to get things reset for you. If it's knowing what yeah. your numbers are, going identifying that, if it's seeing what is the right diet for you, the right movement for you, and of course the other majors that you're not gonna get um, you say if you're thinking about personal trainer or health coach, personal trainer will be able to physical fitness portion of it. There, there are some trainers that obviously do have some nutrition, but there's also um, that deficit there is going to be in our sleep, stress, and yeah. what our, our health numbers are and being able to customize yeah. a program. So it's definitely, you know, obviously I'm biased, a vital uh, part of your overall health and wellness is being able to have that targeted plan that follows you through your life cycle. So I end up working with ladies that are over 35, hormonal changes, sleep disturbances, um, may have a diagnosis of PCOS, pre-diabetic, um, maybe even shifting some hormonal things. So that's what I look at when we're looking at the total person. So we can definitely yeah. find out some more information, Instagram at Dr. Letitia PT, and then also my website is drletitiapt.com. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll definitely uh, have a future episode to talk more in depth about a life, a day in the life of a health coach. And Dr. Letitia, of course, has her doctorate in physical therapy as well. So knows lots about movement. Thank you all for joining us on this. I hope you found it valuable. I know I have a few tips to leave with. Uh, you can follow me at uh, regenerate.physio. I'm a pelvic physical therapist south of Atlanta. And we'll catch you all on the next episode. Have a good one. All right. See ya. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing. Sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.